Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone, or I guess afternoon, sort of, if you're on the East Coast. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Transform Your Life with Kelly and Lisa. I am Kelly. Uh, we have an interesting show today, don't we, Lisa? Good morning, first off. Yes. Good morning. Hi. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> this, this is one of those carryover shows where... You know, we've done shows in the past about um, coping with change and embracing change and looking forward rather than looking back and all of those things, but um, it kind of bears repeating. I, I, I know a lot of people recently who are going through some sort of change, some sort of upheaval in their lives, and at least in my world, a lot of that change and a lot of that embracing and letting go and all that stuff that's going on has to do with people coming to terms with an idea that they may have previously thought was kind of woo-woo or airy-fairy or any of those other terms you want to use, um, and that's intuition. So I thought we would start there. Uh, it seems like a lot of people are just realizing that they are intuitive and it doesn't mean they're going to all run out and you know become psychics or anything but it's it's kind of refreshing to me that I'm hearing it from so many different people that they're embracing that inner knowing uh to me that's an incredibly positive thing because as I have said well my entire life each and every one of us has that inner guidance we have that inner compass and a lot of times we just don't use it. Or society has said, you know, that's, that's, not, that's not real. Here, here is what's real. And um, society's been wrong. So that's where I'd like to start. What do, you, what do you think, Lisa? Are you seeing that as well with people kind of coming to terms with the fact that they are intuitive? I think it's people are starting to realize that the definition of intuitive has been misconstrued and they're starting to understand the idea of it a little bit more and that they're not, for religious reasons or whatever, not turning over to the dark side. That there is a part of you that has, um, that can tell you, it can lead you, it can guide you, it's your your inner compass, It's, it's that inner voice that can get you out of so much trouble, you know, or put you in really good situations <laughs> if you just listen to it. And, and, and I think that's what a lot of people are coming to terms with is that, like you said, they're not going to start talking to spirits or, you know, guides or whatever, angels, whatever they want to believe in. They're not necessarily going to be able to telekinetically speak to each other or, or things along those lines. And I think that's what we're seeing um, as well is that people are understanding that that's not what it's all about. Right. And I know a a number of people um, who are in a profession that would formally be called a psychic, they're sort of stepping away from that label, that psychic label, because when you think of psychic, you think of, you know, the, the gypsy woman in a tent at a fair and, you know, dressed in a, you know, whatever crystal ball those big robe things <laughs> right right and that's not that's not true that makes for a great carnival sideshow don't get me wrong <laughs> but that's not um that's not typically what um people that i know that 
are would have been labeled psychic. That's not really what they do or how they do it. And many of them are, are preferring the term intuitive these days. And that's kind of, that in my mind, that illustrates my point where we're sort of, it's sort of becoming more mainstream. It's sort of becoming more accepted that we all have this inner ability. Um, a kid recently came to me and said, hey, um, sometimes I know things that I don't really know how I know, but I know that this is going to happen if that, that, and that happens. And if I do that, then this is going to happen. And I don't know why I know that. And I thought it was really interesting coming from a child that um, it's, it kind of, and it's society, it's what we've been shown in, in movies, in books, and on TV, that there is something um, dark or something mysterious about tapping into that inner knowing. And it's, it's really it's part of who we are, you know. It's, it's um, absolutely part of who we are. And it seems it's becoming more acceptable to really talk about, you know, I knew that was going to happen, or, yeah, I saw that coming, those kinds of things. It um, doesn't mean, you know, we're all going to go out and buy those, I don't know if they even make them anymore, but where I lived in California for a long time, there was a woman in the town I lived in that had a giant red palm, a giant red hand in her front yard. And I always joked about, you know, borrowing that sign and putting it in my front yard just to mess with my my kid. But, um, you know, because it was embarrassing. I mean, you know, come on, she had this giant red hand in her front yard that showed that she was a psychic. Uh, and that's not what we're talking about at all. It doesn't mean that we're all going to, you know, start reading tarot cards or, you know, having crystal balls. It just means that we're, I think, waking up. I think that's part of what people across the, the world, really, with people being more open to being in touch with that inner knowing, that, that inner compass, inner GPS, whatever term you want to use for it, um, that's what I think. I think it's just becoming more acceptable. But um, it, it is kind of funny when, when people all of a sudden realize that there is more to themselves than what they thought. I, I've had that a couple of times. In fact, guest that was on my uh, mentioned that – there was one morning where you know, he had been really stressed and, and really kind of freaking out about stuff. And, and one of his, not a guy who would meditate, he's still and very type A personality, financial analyst, not, he's not able to sit and quiet his mind. He has too much going on. So what he did instead was he got on the treadmill and and just kept going until he couldn't possibly go anymore, and then he did his normal routine. He he did his shower. He got ready for his office. He dressed, went, walked outside the his house, got in his car, and he realized half the work that he wasn't conscious was doing a total blank, and he was totally calm and totally peaceful and he got to his office and there was this giant meeting and was stressed out and he walked in and he was so calm and he was so peaceful and he told his assistant this is going to be fine 
this is going to be a beautiful meeting. We're going to come to an agreement. And they did. And he went through the whole rest of his day like that. And he said it wasn't until the end of his day that he realized, huh, that was odd. (laughs) He started, you know, thinking about what maybe it was. And one of his friends told him, you tapped into your inner self. You tapped into that inner peace, that inner knowing that we all have. And that was his awakening. You know, it wasn't long after that till he made life change and is doing something entirely different now. It doesn't mean that everyone has those same experiences where it is that that we talk about meditating, we talk about clearing your mind, we talk about being calm, and for a lot of people that really isn't feasible for them. You know, a lot of people need that motion, they they need that uh, activity uh with this guy it was a, a treadmill with other people it's a gym with you know my daughter used to be a runner uh she would just go out and just run uh, some people dance and and that brings them to that same point so we're not saying that everyone to tap into that inner knowing needs to you know sell everything that's <laughs> we're all individuals and whatever works for you to bring you that inner peace, that inner happiness, that inner bliss, whatever that is you need to do. You know, hiking. Sometimes I get in my car and go for long drives. You know, it's, it, we're all individuals, so whatever works for you. What do you think, Lisa? What, what works for you, first off? And what do you think about that? Well, let's go, I want to go back to the kid thing for a second. So I'm actually less surprised when a kid is aware of their own intuition than I am when an adult is finally realizing it because kids don't have all of the filters and the lenses and the expectations from other people, you know, that hinder them. And so awesome that this child is aware and hopefully I'm pretty sure that it will be this way, but you know, hopefully um, the parents don't do too much to prohibit this child's knowingness. I think that's awesome. I'm trying to, work with my children on on that. And I think it comes from not only knowing yourself, but also knowing what makes you happy, you know, knowing what your right. passion is and, you know, what you want to do. And I think when you're stuck in miserable jobs and situations, you just kind of lose sight of your own innerness. And it, it yeah, <laughs> sometimes it takes a while <laughs> to, get, to get that back. So, right, but right, it the, does, yeah. With the guy in the treadmill, you know, there is a term called runner's high. When I was in the military and right. I was actually running because I had to run, not because I wanted to run, there were times where I would experience that runner's high. And it is very meditative. Like you just kind of zone out to everything that's going on, and next thing you know it, you're, you're at the end of your run, and it's like, well, wait a minute, I feel like I just started. And right. so, you know, not everybody can sit still like you said, but that doesn't mean that there's other ways – that you can't get that same experience. What works for you? <laughs> um, I take baths. <laughs> I yeah, know see, that's, yeah. Water. water works for me. Like, I will take a bath almost every day. And please don't call me about conservation. <laughs> um, <laughs> please. The... <laughs> And almost every day. I don't do it every day, but when I really need to, like, focus and get in a, in a zen state, 
the bass does that for me. The sound of the water yeah. and the feel of the water, you know, all of that, it's very soothing and very calming. I don't really have to think about anything when I'm in bathtub, and I can sit back and enjoy Maybe it's because I have really hot water and it makes me almost pass out. I don't know. But I don't like the noise that's off <laughs> in my head because of that. So really that is one of my go-tos. Yeah, I, I like – I sit outside in a hot tub and, and watch the stars. That's that's my favorite thing at night. And it sort of um, has has been known through the years that I've done that to annoy roommates because I will – get up and go outside in the middle of the night when I can't sleep. Um, at one time, I had a whiteboard and um, uh, whiteboard markers and erasers and everything right by the, the jacuzzi that I had outside because I realized that I couldn't keep paper out there, but I would write. And I, could, I found a whiteboard. If I didn't get it splashed with water, I could write on a whiteboard. <laughs> And that was my go-to in the middle of the night when I, I needed to download. But, uh, that, you know, but that shows you that everyone is kind of different, you know, and what works for you or what works for me is not going to work for someone else. I'm kind of envious almost of those people who can just go and sit on a cushion for an hour and a half and zone out. That has never been me. I can, I can kind of go 15, 20 minutes and I'm okay, but um, I, I need music on or I need, you know, the wind chimes making noise or I need something else to zone out to. It's sort of um, what I have found lately that really works for me, and I kinda, I, I've started recommending this to people, is a mandala. Um, a very gifted mandala artist, um, Gail Alexander, uh, did one just for me. And it was really, I can, I printed it out, it's in full color, and I can put it on the wall or put it on my computer screen or put it wherever I'm at and just kind of zone out and become one with that mandala. That's the first time that I have found something that really worked for me as far as sitting still and being quiet and having, you know, that inner, inner bliss. So if you've never heard of a mandala, look them up. It's, it's really kind of incredible and uh, I know she did one uh, for a project that we're working on that we're going to talk about tomorrow. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, really, it's really a very, very personal thing. Wherever you find your inner peace and your inner tranquility, that's what you need to do and where you need to be. There aren't any hard and fast rules. And I think really for a very long time, that's kind of what kept people from getting in touch with their intuition, don't you think? You know, it, it's sort of, you, you talk about meditation and, and people, you know, picture a monastery somewhere. They, right. Um, <laughs> um, you know, it, and it's like, no, that's the not necessary. Free, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> like the, and I think because that's so far-stretching, like, oh, my gosh, that's what I have to do to find inner peace. Right. Quiet to quiet things down, to really find what it is that I need to hear. Uh, you know, they think that they have to have the, the incense and the bowls and the, the gongs and all this stuff. And it's like, no, really, what, you know, for me, it's, it's there is a time when I'm just coming out of sleep, when I'm just about to come out of sleep, there is a moment where I have like 50 of my best ideas just bombarding right. me at one time. 
and I try to capture at least one of them. I try. It doesn't always work because when I'm awake, I'm like, oh, right. it went away, you know. So when I go into the shower or the bath, that's where some of my best ideas come from. And I have had right. to start keeping right. a notebook in my bathroom so that I could capture them. Because if not, they're gone by the time I'm finished my routine and try to get to paper. So it's, you know, what works for you and record yourself. I don't know. Sometimes, like, my meditative state, I'm just – I wish I had a recorder because some of the best conversations happen, you know, and I don't have a way <laughs> to recapture it as nice as it was when I originally started it. So, right. Um, yeah, it's it's really not – organic room that's spa-like and calm and peaceful and, and, you know, what you see all, you know, posted all over Instagram or whatever. It really doesn't have to be like right. that. Um, even right. the pictures of people meditating on the mountains or by the ocean, there's still noise. There's still something going on right. uh, with them. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> um, even that's not a picture-perfect environment, if you will. And don't forget the filters. But, the you know, yeah, it can be right. wherever – you know, whatever you find. If cooking your thing, I'm pretty sure that people, when I drive sometimes, I don't know how yeah. I got to the end of my trip. Right. Because I do zone. I, I find that, that I don't listen to meditative stuff. I don't listen to, which I do when I'm not driving. Um, I don't listen to affirmation type of stuff that's set to certain music or whatever because I don't want to get into that state. But sometimes I notice that I'm like, I have no idea how I just ended up here but it's always been calm and peaceful and I've always gotten there in one, in one piece, if you will. And right. that, that I don't suggest doing it in a big city, take a drive out in the country. If driving is a thing for you, well, if that right. calms you, if that relaxes you, you know, don't, I, I recommend West Texas. <laughs> That's a great place. Utah is another great place to do it. Those black mountain things, whatever they're black Hills. Woo. That's, terrifying um, but the <laughs> cooking you know cooking can even be your thing I was just thinking about that this morning we went to from Texas to Colorado a couple of Thanksgivings ago and we were going through the um the mountains of Utah at night there wasn't a moon that night because it had just gone through its full cycle and the stars were gorgeous and you're looking and it's like, right. is that a ridgeline? Am I going to crash into the side of a mountain? You know, it was really eerie, really terrifying. Absolutely amazing. It was a, an amazing drive and I just happened to be doing part of that night drive and it was, it was awesome. It was gorgeous. It was, it was quiet. It was still, it was so neat. So, you know, there's different things that you can do. Cooking is, right. I, I, I don't like to cook. It's too stressful for me. So I'm not going to find any kind of Zen moment in cooking <laughs> at all. So, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I know professional chefs though, who do particularly sous chefs who are doing all of the chopping um, and to me, when I first heard this one particular person talking about how, how that's where she found her zen was chopping vegetables, I'm thinking, yeah, but that's a sharp knife. You don't really want to zone out, do you? And she kind of laughed and said, well, you know, when, you're, when you've cooked for 30 years, like, like she has, you sort of get into that groove and, and you are less likely to, you know, chop off your hand. Um, but that was kind of scary to me because that is not my Zen either. Uh, you know, 
that is just something that, um, yeah, zoning out with a sharp knife, no, I don't think so. But she says that's very common. Many, many people do find their zen in that, that way. Um, driving is a huge one for me. It's always been a big one for me. And, you know, I mentioned West Texas. I recently made that drive from Arizona to, to Austin. And uh, there's just nothing in West Texas, nothing. So if you're going to zone out driving, that might be a good place for you to do it. Um, I know it, it works for me every time. I just sort of, okay, I'm through El Paso. I can cruise now. And that's kind of what I do when I make that drive, which I do often. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I had a client one time that came to me and said she couldn't meditate because her arthritis made it impossible for her to sit in that position on a cushion on the floor. And that really drove home the point to me at that time that we've really kind of not not really educated people about what it means to calm your mind. It, it isn't sitting like a pretzel on the floor. It's, it's whatever works for you. So uh, that's a really important thing to, to really drive home. The other thing that I'm finding more and more and more people as I talk about these things, people have flashes of insight and they don't know how to explain them. And when you have those flashes of insight, and I know I've had several while driving probably through West Texas, um, it, it, um, it kind of can catch you off guard if, if it's the first time that that's happened. Like the guy, you know, who with the treadmill story, you know, it kind of caught him off guard. He wasn't really expecting anything. He really didn't understand it. When you have those flashes of insight, Write them down because often they are fleeting. It's like Lisa was talking about those great ideas that come to you, you know, right as you're leaving the sleep state and starting to wake up. Try to write those things down because you will find at some point in the future, it could be that day, it could be years in the future, you're going to reflect back on that and go, oh, yeah, okay, now it makes sense. Um, I, I've heard so many people who have avoided accidents because they paid attention to those flashes of insight. Uh, a really good friend of mine had this really weird vision, waking dream, whatever you want to call it thing, and she talked to me about it. She said it was the weirdest thing. I was, I was about to get on a bridge, and this was in the Bay Area. There are many bridges. Um, and she said, for some reason, I just pulled over, and I didn't know why I pulled over, and it was really weird, and I don't understand that. And then she found herself a couple of years later at that at very same location. She remembered that vision. She pulled over. There was a massive accident on the bridge that she would have been involved in. Uh-huh. And, you know, those kinds of flashes of insight, when you get them, pay attention to them, write them down, Think about them, and if you get that sense of, I call it my inner sense of impending doom, you know, if you're going somewhere or you're doing something and all of a sudden, you know, the, the hair stands up on the back of your neck and you're getting this, this sense that not a good thing, pay attention to those things because that's, that can be your inner guidance system saying, hey, you know, 
danger. Don't do that. Don't go there. Back up. Right. Think about this. And I think more people have those kinds of incidents than want to think about it or want to admit that they have them. Um, you know, that's, that's just kind of, and, and people, we can have those about people. When you, have you ever met someone and you kind of almost recoiled, you like didn't really want to shake their hand and you couldn't wait to get away from them. That's your inner guidance system saying, this is not a good connection. You know, it goes the other way, too. If you've ever met someone and you feel like you've known them forever and this is your long-lost best friend and, you know, you, you have so much in common, that's also your inner guidance system saying this is a good connection. So learn to pay attention to those things. That's, that's the, the ultimate that we want you to take away is learn to pay attention to those things. Don't just dismiss it as, oh, it's nothing, because it's never nothing. It's always something. There's always more to investigate. I want to add to that, too, though. Don't overthink, because if you overthink, then you throw right. it off. Um, right. Usually right. That, first, that first sign is the one that you need to go with. The, the more you think about it, the more you just confuse yourself and, and your own intuition. Right. Right. And a lot of times we do that to ourselves when we're, when we're undergoing some kind of a change in our lives. Um, I, I know someone who has, um, she's actually finally won her divorce case, which was really cool, but she had let her, about five years ago, this is someone I've known for a long time, so five years ago she said, you know, I'm just, I'm just not happy. I just don't think that this marriage is going to last. I mean, I know we've only been married for a short time, and it's just not going to last. I just get this feeling that I need to get a job. I need to, you know, finish my degree this year. And, and she had this laundry list of things that she thought she wanted to do or that she needed to do. Her inner guidance system was saying, do these things. And she kept ignoring it. And she'd been a stay-at-home mom. You know, she had left school. When, when her first child was born and she had been a stay-at-home mom and now she was a stay-at-home mom, you know, it's 10 years later, she's got three kids and, and um, her husband had been supporting her the whole time. And she kept telling me throughout the, you know, the time that I knew her, she would tell me, I, I just, I need to do this, I need to do this. And she would keep putting it off and I'd say, well, why are you putting it off? And she says, I don't know, I just don't want it to, I just don't want to, I just don't want this to be true. So she right. put it off and she put it off. And, and eventually what happened was her husband left her, moved to Costa Rica with his secretary and was, you know, out of the country. And she's calling me crying. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm like, well, your, your inner guidance system has been telling you for four years what you needed to right. do. And, and you were ignoring that. So sometimes when, when we're thinking about making a change in our lives, no matter what it is, it doesn't have to be a relationship. It can be a job. It can be a school situation. If the same thoughts keep coming up in your head and it's kind of the same thing over and over and over, that's your inner guidance system trying to get your attention. So if you're sitting there and you're listening to the show and you're thinking, wow, you know, I really need to start looking for another job. I don't know why I want to look for another. I just I think I need to look for another job. Start looking for another job. That's your inner guidance system telling you look for another job. I can't tell you how many people through the years I have coached who have come to me saying, 
I need to look for another job. I just, I just keep thinking I need to look for another job, and they never do, and then their company shuts down or they get laid off. So those, those kinds of thoughts that you have that may not make any sense to you when you first have them, pay attention to those. Um, you know, I'm not saying you have a thought of opening a business so you're going to quit your job, sell your house, you know, and all that stuff. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying, you know, pay attention to those things. If you're sitting there and you're thinking, you know, I really want to start a business on the weekend. Well, start a business on the weekend. You know, don't go crazy here and, and sell everything and quit your job that's paying your bills because you will still need to eat while you're creating, you know, that, that next um, that next right. source of income. But we we all have those. Have you ever had those? Those little thoughts that you either embrace and it works out great or you ignore and you realize later you should have embraced? I think we've all had them. <laughs> Do you really want me to be honest? <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, Kelly, I've had it quite a lot. <laughs> Seven different majors through college. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. I, I totally have those all the time. Now, don't be like me. Find something and stick to it as long as it makes you happy. But it, we're rainbow people. So there's so much that we want to do and experience that um, it's hard to just well, focus exactly. on any one thing. So I recently became a travel agent because it, it fits. It, it makes sense for me. I want to travel. That is my deepest desire, other than helping people. The kind of traveling and helping people are really, there's not one that outweighs the other. And so I became a travel agent so that I could help people. Help people travel. You know, plan their <laughs> vacations, their dream trips, you know, their dream vacations and whatnot. Absolutely. Help people travel. But for my own self, the traveling and the perks that come from being a travel agent and, um, right. you know, that with, with all of that, and it kind of blends in with how I want to run my life, if you will. And so I recently became a travel agent, and there, there you go. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I am one of those. And most of the time, I act impulsively, and then I'll backpedal. Um, I find that when I act a little bit more impulsively, I don't have all of the talk that stops me until like I'm partway through the process and I'm like, oh, well, maybe this wasn't the best idea. So if you can find that balance, that, <laughs> that's a good thing too, finding the balance. I, I tend to act first and think later. Yeah, I tend to jump first and expect the net to catch me. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that's, you brought up an, a, a great point there is if you have a number of interests. Um, I know many, many successful entrepreneurs that have owned businesses or started businesses in very different industries. You know, I have personally owned everything from lawn care to pet sitting to a laundromat, believe it or not, to apartment buildings, to a real estate company and a publishing company. And, you know, it's just if you have a lot of interest, do one at a time. You know, make, make your decisions based on your intuition your heart, what you're passionate about, and be smart about it. You know, when, when you're evaluating, you know, I use real estate as an example because it's something people can understand easily. It's, if you're looking at 
let's see, I can buy this house or I can buy this house. You evaluate which one is the best fit for you. You know, you don't go off and say, yeah, I'm going to buy this uh, two-bedroom house even though I have seven kids and we're just going to make it work. You find what is the best fit for you. And when you're working with your intuition, if you have a bunch of different ideas and you're trying to choose which direction to go, pick the best fit for you at that time. It doesn't mean you have to stay with that forever. You know, how many people do you know that have have uh, bought and sold multiple houses? You know, hardly anyone stays put anymore. But as you're going through your life and you start getting those signs, those signals from your inner self that, you know, maybe it's time for a change, then look at what's the best fit for you at that time. A lot of things stop new entrepreneurs but one of the biggest things that stops entrepreneurs is an undue stress when they're getting started you know if if you don't have a year's worth of cash in the bank to start your new business with and really most people most experts would tell you two to five years worth of cash in the bank to cover your bills then don't quit your job just start your company you know you still have to eat you still have to pay bills you still have to raise your children you know, there are, there are things that we have to do while we're making these changes. So pick the best fit. Don't just throw caution to the wind and expect that uh, somehow it's going to work out if you don't have a plan. If you have a plan and you're confident in your plan, you know, go for it. I've done that myself. There have been times when I have been that entrepreneur that has said, you know what, I'm going to make a change. I'm going to sell my house. I'm going to move. I'm going to, I moved across the country, you know, with nothing and uh, started over. And it worked out for me. But I did have a plan. You know, it wasn't a spur of the moment kind of thing. I did have a plan. And that's, that's my advice, you know, take it or leave it. But um, along with change and paying attention to that inner guidance is letting go of, what you're supposed to let go of, you know, whether that's people falling out of your life or, um, you know, a, an opportunity that you passed on or one that maybe you tried and it didn't feel right, so you quit. Stop those shoulda, woulda, couldas because they will stop you from moving forward. You, they will keep you from moving forward they, if you're holding on to the past. A big, big, huge thing that I've seen in, in my clients is when um, it's a, a breakup of a relationship. And you can have two people who start out being perfectly compatible and then they grow apart through the years and then they split up and start dating other people and then become fabulously fa- you know, famous or wealthy or successful or whatever you want to, whatever attribute you want to give to that. And then there, you know, the other person will say, well, I, if only I had stuck it out, if only I had done this, and stop that. You know, it, it doesn't serve any purpose. That's just like in, in the area I live in and, and own a real estate company in, there is a lot of land that is for sale. There are a lot of vineyards that are coming into this area. And I can't tell you how many people sold their land, you know, years ago uh, for, you know, $500,000 an acre. And now 
that land is worth $10,000, $15,000 an acre. And they're calling me saying, why didn't you tell me that was going to happen? Well, you sold your land eight years ago. <laughs> I can't tell you. You know, in seven years and six months from now, your land's going to be worth more, so don't sell it. You know, that's someone who is living in the shoulda, woulda, couldas. That's like, I used to own that, and I would have more money if I still owned that. No, you really wouldn't because that wasn't your path. So accepting your decisions as you go is as critical as making those decisions in the first place. Um, we, we tend to second guess, third guess, fifth guess ourselves sometimes, and we need to just quit. Uh, once you've made your decision, stick to your decision and, um, and go with it because you will hold yourself back if you don't let go of what no longer serves you. And we talk about what no longer serves your highest and best good. What does that mean? you have any thoughts on that, Lisa? Oh, of course. <laughs> of course I have thoughts on that. The, what doesn't serve your highest and best good is, to me personally, um, if I feel anxiety or out of place or a little down or not as energetic or just really not myself, then I know that something in my life is off, whether it be what I'm doing with my life as far as career goes, how it can be people that are in my life that I need to release. And it doesn't mean that you ended on a hurtful, bitter, you know, explosion. You just, you, you can walk away. You can still be connected to them, but the connection is a lot longer or, you know, there's more distance in the connection than, than keeping them right. close. And, you know, if you, if you are, if you're feeling miserable, then there's something wrong and you need to shift. Right. Right, right. Absolutely. And I, I think, again, that goes back to our inner guidance system. If you're making a decision and it's making you sick, don't make that decision. Find something else. I, I've, I've had so many people that, that do that. They're like, well, I don't really want to do this, but I guess I have to, so I guess I'll do it. No, you don't. <laughs> you know, back up. Look at a different way. Or if it's like a project at work and it's like your job is on the line if you don't do something you don't want to do, that's, that's different. And military especially. I, I have uh, spoken with many veterans through the years and they say, well, you know, I really didn't want to do that, but I had to do that. Find a different way of looking at it so that you're not punishing yourself constantly for doing something you didn't want to do. Look at it as I did a great job with that. Look at it as you know, this served a purpose bigger than just me. You have to find a, a better way of looking at things if you're in a situation where you really do have to do something you don't want to do. Just find the best possible view and look at it right. from there. You know, because um, we, all, we all do things that we, we don't want to do. I, I know my daughter with, with my older grandson, and he said, I don't want to go to school. She says, yep, and I don't want to go to work, but guess what we're doing? You know, that's kind of, you know, what, what we do. And you have to look at it like this is a new opportunity. Look for the good in it. Look for what is enjoyable in it. Uh, find pleasure in some aspect of what you're doing. That's particularly true if you're an entrepreneur at heart and you're still working a 40-hour corporate, that's a 
bad word for me, corporate uh, job. Um, it's really tough, but when you have that corporate job and you're uh, paying a mortgage or you're raising kids or you're paying for college or whatever it is that you're doing, you have to find some good in there. Even if it is simply I am doing this job because it enables me to pay for something better. You know, there have been many times where I have had multiple businesses at the same time, and there was a business in particular that I really couldn't wait to get rid of. But that business that I really didn't enjoy was funding the business that I really did enjoy. So that was how I kept it going. I just, okay, this is, this is not something that I personally enjoy, but hey, it is funding what I really want to do. So, you know, change your viewpoint. Um, who is it, Wayne Dyer, that said when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change? It's very, very true. Very true. You have anything else on change or intuition or letting go that we need to cover? This is this has been an interesting show. Change is only as hard as you make it to be. Everything changes. We all know this. I don't know who said it first, but everything changes. <laughs> We're going into autumn. And in Texas, we don't have, we have two seasons, hot and hotter. But we're going into autumn, uh, and our, our trees are going to change. Our, our plants are going to change. They're going to start dying. And then we're going to go through winter where we have a dormant state. And in some states, they get winter to help, you know, the soil and whatnot. We, we don't get that here in, in Texas. Not where I am. There are parts of Texas that do, but, but not here. And, you know, so everything is a change. And a lot of times it's cyclical. It's only as hard as you make it. It doesn't have to be. Somebody posted on Facebook this morning, forgive my dogs if you heard that, um, about <laughs> who was it that, or what was it that broke you so much to the point where you're, just, you're pretty much done with people and relationships. And my response was you. You were the one that did it to yourself because you're the one that allowed them to do that to you. So if you allow change to be hard, change is going to be hard. If you embrace change and you go with change and you go in with a mindset that that um, you'll get through it and that, you know, it's not, yes, there's pain involved sometimes with change, sometimes it's a good change, sometimes it's a painful change. But, you know, if you go into it with the right mindset that you can get through it, um, it's not as hard as it has to be. Right. Absolutely. We we do make things a lot a lot harder than they need to be. Um, I think a lot of it is is because we don't want to let go. We don't want to let go of the past. You know, making changes is scary. And a lot of times we get stuck, we get hung up on um not not making that change as soon as we should, not letting go as soon as we should, or as completely as we should. We want to stay in that limbo where change is sort of happening, but not really happening because we've got one foot over here. Um, you know, when I was a kid, uh, a family, well, as a distant relative, I don't remember how we were related, but we were somehow related, had a cattle ranch on the border of South Texas and 
um, well, it was west, southwest Texas and Mexico. And it was at a part where the Rio Grande was very shallow. And we would wade across the Rio Grande. It would be like, look, I'm in Mexico. Oh, look, I'm in Texas. Look, I'm in Mexico. And sometimes we'd stand in the middle of the, the river because it was very shallow there and say, look, I, my, my left half is in Mexico and my right half is in Texas. And as kids, that was fun for us. But routinely, we would have to go to Mexico and bring the cows back over because if we could wade across the water, so could the cows. And it was never a big deal. But I, that has always kind of stuck with me, with me standing there with one foot in Mexico and one foot in Texas saying, you know, where am I? We do that to ourselves when we're making changes in our lives. We stay with one foot in the past and one foot in the future. And what happens when you do that is you're not in the present, you know, and, and true success, true inspiration happens in the present moment. That's where the magic happens. It happens in the present. So while you're listening to your intuition and you're making change in your life, remember that life is fluid and this very second will never come again. You can look to the future and you can make changes to go towards the future that you want, but not if you're dragging the past behind you. Right. So, you know, let go and don't be one of those people. I know I've been that person several times in my life where it's like, I need to let go. I need to let go. I need to let go. Telling yourself you need to let go is not letting go. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Stop that. You know, stop dragging your right foot through Texas while you're on your way to Mexico. You know, it just, it just doesn't work that way. So, um, you know, definitely, Make those changes when your inner guidance is telling you to make the changes. And let go with grace. If your inner guidance is telling you to let go of something, let it go. It it is truly for your highest and best good. And there may be pain, but it will be temporary. And the rewards on the other side will be so much greater than you can imagine. So I think that's our show. What do you think? Well, I just want to add to that. <laughs> sure. <laughs> when please. you're visualizing, when you're visualizing leaving the past in the past, imagine a coffin, and you throw your past in it. You nail that coffin shut and bury it. Bury the past. Don't bury it like under a lot of emotional stuff, but really let it go. Release right. it. Yeah. And there, sometimes there are tears involved, and that's okay. You yeah. know, that's. Sometimes that's a part of letting go. So do that, you know. I, I, this has been an interesting show. I wasn't sure how it was going to go. As most of our shows, we don't really have, you know, <laughs> we don't really have a clue, people. We really don't have a clue when we start these shows how it's going to go. So I hope you guys got something out of it. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, you guys have a Join great day, Kelly. and we will See you well, next time. Let me plug my show tomorrow. Don't forget Please. my show, yes. Rabbit Hole Reflections. <laughs> Rabbit Hole Reflections. I will have Kelly on as my guest tomorrow. Where we will be talking with our dear friend Leah on the project that we are going to announce tomorrow. There's kind of been some buzz with it already, but it's the big announcement going to be made tomorrow. So join us at the same time, same channel, um, 10 o'clock. Central Standard Time, and, uh, and yeah, join us tomorrow. Thank you so much, everyone. 
Bye, guys. Bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.